Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast, I'm Tom Barbelay, and today, an easy topic, why I'm not an academic. Well, you might have gathered that my father is an academic, which probably a good indication that I'd never want to be an academic. But more importantly, there was an interaction that occurred when I was about 20, 21, which cemented the fact that I would never be an academic. And I already had a view going to university that this was really about ticking a box in a broader, more judgmental society. It had nothing to do with what I was going to do professionally because I'd written software for money from age about 15. And through this process, I realized that those that did, did, and those that didn't, taught in some fundamental sense. Not necessarily besmirching a wide variety of my friends who have been academics or who are academics, but the nature of institutional insanity that these universities created and the level of bureaucracy and a variety of things that I think just weighed down on my father's soul fundamentally also would probably attack me in a variety of fashions. However, this culminated in the end of my philosophy honours year. Now, to be clear, I did two degrees in parallel. I did a science degree and a philosophy degree. I did really a physics-mathematics degree of science and pretty well every philosophy course that the university was offering. My father was also an academic at the university. However, I didn't have a particularly connected relationship with my father and it always struck me as curious because I also worked at the university. And this was a substantial university. This was is the National University in Australia, the Australian National University. My father worked in one area, I worked in another area, and I did my degree closer to, well, actually, the physics degree was obviously very close to the Research School of Physical Sciences and Engineering. I had a couple of lecturers, well, one who I worked with very closely, and one who worked in the floor below me. So, you know, I clearly had connections to physics through working in the Research School of Physical Sciences and Engineering. My connection with philosophy, however, was related to my own interest. It wasn't related to my father in any way, shape, or form. Although, truth be told, my father was in sociology, which was, I don't know, maybe five minutes walking distance from the philosophy department. Through my honours year, I wanted to do a topic related to artificial life and really bottom-up artificial intelligence. My thesis related to a chapter written by a fellow called David Kirsch. The chapter was called Today, Earwig, Tomorrow, Man. And it was written about an experience. I mean, David Kirsch was like an embedded philosopher. He was doing applied philosophy. He went to MIT and spent some time in Rodney Brooks's lab at MIT. Rodney Brooks went on to build iRobot and a variety of other interesting companies and continues to do so to this day. He's an Australian, apparently, or so I'm told. In any case. And the thing about David Kirsch's writing that struck me was it was an applied account of actual work that was being done and language to map philosophy onto that actual work, which was so far removed from most of the philosophy that I encountered that it really inspired me. And it also had glimmers that this noble ape thing that I'd been developing for at least a couple of years by that stage would potentially have some philosophical role as well. I undertook my honours thesis with an advisor who probably wasn't the most capable. Uh, he was an academic in the department. The academic who I wanted to do my honours with had left the year before. So I was left with a, a short list of people that were less than ideal. 
about four months into me doing my thesis, in fact, around the time actually that it was due, uh, four months into the year, but around the time that my thesis was due, the academic who was supervising me left the department unannounced, swiftly, and I was told about this effectively after he left. The relationship between a student and their advisor in this kind of setting is relatively important. And the way in which the department behaved, both associated with this fellow's departure, the, you know, assignment of a new advisor, and that whole period is very, very curious. My father wasn't well liked in the broader Faculty of Arts at ANU. And he wasn't well liked for a variety of factors, but he was relatively opinionated and... I don't know, he didn't tolerate fools, and he had a wide variety of characteristics, some of which I've tried to soften in my own life, and he softened in his life, to be perfectly fair. But at the time, the ability, I think, for a group of academics to marginalise and effectively torture an individual based on their perceived connection to their father, and these people knew nothing about me. They knew nothing about my relationship with my father. It was just a very strange circumstance. The whole thing went to ombudsman, arbitration. No one was left who could adequately assess my thesis. What my thesis was assessed on was a whole lot of kind of petty, vindictive nonsense. And the whole process seemed to have been kind of created to assist with something else that was going on that had nothing to do with my interests, my passion, or the effort that I put into my honours year. And through this process, what struck me more than anything was just the level of institutional corruption, but also the way in which there was no, not even protection, just general level of existential respect. This occurred to me very strongly in a meeting. I met with the former head of department, who was then the Dean of Arts, on maybe three or four different occasions. On all occasions, I was supposed to go there with a student advisor who was an academic who worked in the central office. On the one occasion this gentleman didn't attend, because he wasn't in front of one of his peers, the head of department, who was now the dean, decided to let loose on a tirade that was just bizarre and unhinged, actually really quite chilling. And I realised through this process that actually it had nothing to do with me, it had nothing to do with anything that I had enacted, this was something that was completely removed from my existence and related to, probably, in large part through what was being said, some strange relationship that this individual had with my father, and, yeah, that he felt his time was being wasted, but at the same point he was thoroughly enjoying the fact that he could, you know, persecute someone who he felt was very connected to my father. Again, no notion of who I was, any family history, anything like that. So through this process, I was left with a case where I have a good academic record in physics. And up until this point, I had a good academic record in philosophy, pretty darn impressive in both areas. But because these folk had this ideal opportunity, they decided to enact something that was beyond curious. And I decided pretty clearly that even though a majority of my work in Noble Ape could have some academic component to it, it was best to be rid of these kind of experiences. And I couldn't live my life in 
anyway, based on the way these people chose to live their lives. I've gone back occasionally to academic institutions. The longest period of time was at Michigan State University in East Lansing. And through that, I had a similar experience with one individual. I've talked candidly about this in Stone Eight previously. And I realized actually nothing has changed in academia and it's still septic to its core. There are a wonderful group of people that are academics, clear visionaries in their own areas that are able through probably their own characters to survive in these environments. Some of them come close to prospering. But the lack of free thought, the lack of creative insight, the inability to show yourself with your actions rather than a variety of other factors, chilled me and indicated to me that I was never going to be an academic. I mean, I might in later life. (laughs) You never know. End up with a circumstance that there are institutions that may want aspects of the stuff that I've done historically. Maybe in those circumstances I might find a home somewhere in an academic institution. But in the foreseeable future, certainly in the areas that I've worked on and the areas I've written in, and I've published academically since then, I've got a bookshelf, basically, of academic publications that I've been published in, which I don't know why I do. (laughs) But anyway, so yeah, I've, I've kind of kept half a toe in academia. But yeah, just miserable, miserable shadows of human beings in these institutions. Scares me. Scares me to my core. Tom Barbelay in San Jose, signing out.